The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. It wasn't a foul, absolutely not. But no, I'm glad to see the goalkeepers getting the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's always get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Well, Kenny, quite the game at St. James's Park. You said you thought Newcastle were going to win it this afternoon. I was going to ask you first maybe how you feel they went about winning that game, but maybe more specifically, how instrumental was Bruno Guimaraes in winning that game? I'm all about the specifics, David. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't the only one. He had a fine game, particularly kind of a, a second half. He, had, he provided a key moment, great cross into the box for the opening Newcastle goal. But I think there was in, outstanding individual performances kind of sprinkled all over the Newcastle team. That Newcastle midfield, I really like the look of Gomerda, as we speak about, as kind of a holding uh, a midfield player with long staff and Willock either side of him. Both of them have license to get up and down the pitch and arrive in the box. Saw plenty of that uh, first half. The counterbalance is Gomerda is just holding that kind of central area of the pitch. But he's not just a defensive mi- uh, midfielder in that respect. I think his natural inclination is to take him up the pitch as well. I think he fancies himself a little bit. That's not kind of doing him a disservice when he gets in and around the opposition penalty box. We've seen him score a couple of goals, spectacular goals already for Newcastle. So no surprise really at that point in the second half when maybe Newcastle needed a little bit of a kind of inspiration. He was the one who provided it, kind of surging forward from that kind of deep line midfield position, getting in the box and across a real quality, just kind of dinked to the back post, wasn't it? Alan say Maxman cushioned the lovely header back across and Willock really had a tap-in header. But it was a great uh, team goal. And uh, yeah, it was, the, it was the decisive moment in the, in the game, I thought. You know, it never looked as if you know, they were capable of maybe playing their way back into the game. 1-0 is always a Bacardi scoreline, but you always felt the, likely, the likelihood was United were, Newcastle United were going to go and get to second and possibly toward goal. That's the kind of mindset they were in after they got the opening goal. It wasn't a case to sit back, was it? And protect, never got a sense of let's protect this 1-0 uh, lead. There was a bit of nervousness there, a bit of self-doubt. It was actually the opposite. It was like we're 1-0 ahead. It was kind of as if, right, let's go and play now. Let's go and get that second and toward goal. That was the kind of attitude within the stadium. He could sense it. So, yeah, they were reserved winners in the end. Colin Wilson came on to score the uh, second goal from the bench. And that was a real indication of the strength and depth in their squad as well when they brought in the three players, Anthony Gordon, Joe Linton, who would have been a regular starter. But Joe Willock seems to have got that berth now. Yeah. And Colin Wilson, as I mentioned, scored the goal. Yeah, real quality. Real quality. That was kind of central midfield and forward areas of the pitch. And versatility as well. Spoke about Joe Linton, probably Newcastle's for me, standout player first half of the season, playing at that Joe Willock road, left side of that kind of narrow uh, midfield three. He's come out of Tim Willock's come in, He's just, you can't drop him at the moment. Long staff as well, his kind of his work rate, his tenacity, his physicality, his run and power he brings into the team. You just can't leave any of them out. So Joe Linton comes on today and he, he plays a forward of a, a, the front three, plays left of a front three, and he's more than capable of playing there as well. Gordon as well, player some outstanding talent, real kind of high-energy player as well, and they really impacted the game. You know, Wilson got the goal coming on, you know, typical uh, Callum Wilson, Wilson goal, attacking across in between the, the two uh, goal posts. But those are the Newcastle substitutions, yeah, really impacted the game. And yeah, as you said, Stephen, indication the growing strength and depth in this kind of Newcastle squad. I haven't spoke about Almiron. Again, outstanding mm. first half of the season. He's out injured at the moment. Probably don't need him in terms of the quality which they have. I think there's uh, scope for improvement. Don't get me wrong. That might seem a little bit harsh looking at Newcastle toward the league. Uh, at the moment, still think there's areas of the, uh, the team that they can improve upon. But I think they will. Eddie Howe strikes me as a very kind of astute manager. I think he feels he knows where he needs to improve. 
kind of going forward. But you mentioned centre half, and you think that Cher doesn't have that quality that they need in there, and a bit more depth as well. Is Botman good enough? Yeah, I think I think he, he looked better with a better one along uh, along alongside him. I think you're right. I think if you look at them individually, uh, Botman and uh, Cher, I don't think they're up there in terms. Of, if you're looking at maybe top, you know, top five centre halves in the league, I don't think any of them would come into the conversation. I know it's all about the partnership. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd look at Botman kind of medium to long term going forward. He's probably the one I'd hang my hat on. Cher, like I said, an experienced player. Yeah, you should like to keep him around the squad. Maybe if you're keeping four centre halves at the football club but I think to get to where they want to be Newcastle United and where they want to be is challenging challenging for the big trophies and the big trophies that are a Premiership title and Champions League for me they need to strengthen there and I think potentially they, they will even maybe left back Dan Bourne's done great there but for me probably not a natural kind of left back uh, in that sense so I think maybe a top class kind of specific kind of left back again is another area but we're kind of nitpicking at the moment I think he's doing great with the squad he has available to him at the moment. You've got to be careful you don't bring too many players in too quickly as well, Stephen. It kind of upsets the balance. You bring in your two kind of strange personalities into the dressing room. It can, it can upset uh, the balance in there as well. So I think just to kind of drip feed players into the squad is the right way to do it. And he's done that. He hasn't upset the apple cart in the dressing room. They look like a tight group. The dressing room's together. I think that's the most important thing. Eddie Howe realises that, yeah, the players will come in the summer and probably the summer after that. But it's important that kind of team dynamic and the team spirit within the confines of the dressing room. I think they have that. And will they? Do you think when St James's Park, we're looking at St James's Park next season, will we hear that famous Champions League anthem bellowing around? Yeah, well, I think we will. I fancied him, to be honest with you, for quite some time. I just li- like what I've seen as soon as he's gone in there, uh, Eddie Howe. And certainly, early part of this season, I just thought a window of opportunity was presenting itself. Liverpool having their issues, obviously. Uh, this season Tottenham really inconsistent uh, season for them so because of that Manchester United obviously had a very slow start to the season they're obviously in transition Chelsea to a certain extent well. yeah Chelsea exactly almost self-imploding so very early in the season you looked at them and thought wow what a real window of opportunity for somebody like Newcastle because of the strengths of the manager for the reasons that I've said in terms of the squad that he's put together just felt as if yeah this could be this season. I think there was a bit of distraction there post-World Cup Carabao getting to the final maybe the players took their eye off the ball a little bit a little bit too much focus on the Carabao Cup final but since obviously that's finished I think the whole focus has come back onto, onto the league he's kind of pulled the whole dressing room together I think the focus is back which they had early part of the season we saw that today in terms of the performance so I think they're in a good place and yeah for me yeah I think they will uh, I think they will get one of those Champions League places which will be an absolutely phenomenal achievement for Eddie Howe and his players just finding on them as well because Eddie Howe I suppose there would be people looking at him quite suspiciously over all the the stuff that goes on off the pitch as well the way the Newcastle take over and people weren't happy with the way Eddie Howe conducted himself throughout all that and in response to maybe some you know legitimate questions around the ownership and that kind of thing but as well some people maybe doubting his managerial coaching abilities because the fact that he's basically had as much money as he wants to spend how much credit do you give him for coaching that team to be as good as they are now I give him a huge amount of credit because I've looked at the way he's set up that team uh, this season and Eddie Howe's reputation off the back of Bournemouth playing a very open, expansive, maybe too much, you know, trying to play the beautiful game and not getting the balance right, not maybe respecting the defensive side of the game as much as he should have. It was almost the opposite argument that you're mentioning there. You know, he was too forward-thinking in his approach, you know, didn't give enough thought to the defensive side uh, to his game. A little bit of an impression of that 
at kind of Bournemouth how he set the team up there but you look at the job he's done at Newcastle in terms of their defensive record the defensive structure there you can tell this is a team which is really well drilled whether he's doing a personally on the training pitch or he's giving that responsibility to uh, his staff around him I'm not too sure but you can sense that he's actually driving it so I give him a huge amount of credit for that in terms of the tactical setup in the team this season they've been absolutely rock solid the defensive structure has been great and they've really carried the threat as well particularly on counter-attack really physical team no team's going to out-bully out-muscle this Newcastle team we mentioned it again today real you know, monsters on the, on the pitch the running power which they have Willock box-to-box runs long staff just continuous over the course of the 90 minutes you know real dynamism uh, high up the pitch in, in wide areas Isaac developing into a kind of a top-class centre-forward as well. So real grounds for optimism. And he's put all that together, Eddie Howe. That hasn't just fallen into his lap. You know, he's kind of nurtured that over the past kind of year, uh, year and a half, and, and, and pulled it together. So, yeah, I give him a huge amount of credit. And I'd, I'd, I'd even take, not issue in terms of what you said, I understand what you're mm. saying, a bit of criticism coming his way off the back of the takeover. But I think he's handled it very well. I think it's very easy to get yourself caught up in terms of issues of the ownership. You start making comments and start giving opinions on issues where you're not overly familiar with, you know, you're not, you haven't properly resourced it. In those situations, I think you're better just taking a step away, just saying, look, I've been contracted here. I'm the manager of the football club to manage this group of players and the, and the dressing room. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to answer any of those under question, other questions. I think that's fair. And I think the majority of football people actually respect that. Manchester United, it wasn't so long ago, were kind of looking at their position at the table, their closeness to Arsenal and City and thinking, hmm, they might actually have a title challenge going on here, but now they could be out of the Champions League spots tomorrow night. <laughs> I know, I'm not laughing they at Manchester sh- they, United here. They should here. qualify yeah. though, shouldn't they? They should be in the top four, you think, at the end oh, of the season. Oh, shoulda, shoulda, coulda, shoulda, mm. coulda, woulda. I yeah. don't know, I think, like I said, it's been a bad last couple of weeks. They're still right in the mix, don't get me wrong. Never quite bought into, the, you know, they can win the title probably about a, a month ago. From They were never good enough to do that potentially challenge Arsenal. Uh, or, or Manchester City realistically it was all about Champions League football the position that they've uh, put themselves in but this is the you know this is the business end of the season now you know they've done great to get themselves to this point but they've had a wobble the last couple of weeks there's no doubt about that yeah underlying issues maybe lack of Casemiro for the last couple of games they need to get him back does he strengthen them in that area of the pitch yes of course he does so another challenge for the manager and his players now off the back of the horrendous starts which they had to the season pulled it together went on an unbelievable run now they've had another wobble up, uh, wobble and teams are putting a run together Newcastle in particular Tottenham just might uh, uh, you know Conte leaving the football club might just spark something at Tottenham they might find a little bit between now and the end of the season so Manchester United are going to have to match that for me they're not going to tip their toe away potentially into a Champions League qualification spot they're going to have to grab it and to grab it they're going to have to find some consecutive wins between now uh, and the end of the season looked a little bit out of sorts today, a little bit disjointed you know, you could mention Casemiro out of the team. That's a little bit too simple. Just thought they looked a little bit out of sync today, a little bit open, particularly in that kind of uh, central midfield area. Substitutes really did make an impact. Spoke about Ten Hag this season. Substitutes coming on impact in the game. Great in kind of in-game uh, management. Didn't really happen for them today. So, yeah, that'd be a little bit uh, demoralising result for them today. Chins will be on the floor a little bit from those players. Haven't seen too much of that the past couple of months from Manchester United players. So, yeah, the manager needs a reaction. He's to find, he needs to find a couple of solutions uh, as well. Because, like I said, business end of the season now. And United need to find a little bit of form and match the kind of performances and the results uh, of the teams around them Newcastle in particular 
and that's when you need because they've got a couple of injuries that's fair enough and players that would be really key to getting United where they want to be but you've got players still in the team like Fernandez and Rashford who really had off days today Rashford you wouldn't want to criticise too much because he's had a sensational season but Fernandez you know a lot of people criticise him over his performance against Liverpool he looked like he just gave up but then he came back against Southampton showed a real captain's showed a bit of leadership in that yeah. game but again today there were situations where he was just really lax on the ball getting the ball nicked off him in situations where he shouldn't really be he was trying to drop into different positions trying yeah. to win the game it was just I didn't think it looked like a captain's yeah I wouldn't blame him yeah I know what you're saying he was on the periphery again but what I say about Fernandes is he never goes hiding always looks to get on the ball and make things happen the defensive side of his game isn't the strongest we know that just felt looking at United today he was never quite sure the manager changed it so many times today that first half started with Rashford down the middle Fernandes off the kind of left after 20 minutes Rashford was, uh, was off the left uh, Fernandez was playing as a 10 then he was playing deeper McTominay was pushed off to deal with Grimaldes 10 minutes before half time again there was a change second half Weghorst came on Martial so a lot of changes there I think sometimes as a player you just want to get a fixed position uh, for a, a run of games and you can see that with that Newcastle team those kind of three in midfield up front a little bit of variation up front maybe the wide players but by and large the kind of team p- uh, picks itself uh, looking at that United team, too many uh, changes during the game today. Players been asked to play different positions, formation changes as well. You talk about uh, Fernandez there today. I couldn't tell you what position almost he was playing today. He's playing everywhere, very loose in terms of drifting all over the pitch, deep midfield positions, you know, wide, wide, wide left, dropping into fullback positions to receive the ball. Just feel as if you need to get back to basics sometimes and just simplify the game for players. And for me, it's a case of Rashford you speak about today. You know, next couple of games, give him a position, wide left or central striker, put him there and keep him there. Just felt he got a little bit disillusioned today, starting central. I think he fancied himself today, that central striking role. Got in down the sides a couple of times in behind chair. I think he would have been thinking, yeah, this is my game today. Keep getting me the ball in these central striking airs. I'm going to score. Suddenly 25 minutes in, he's hiked onto the left wing. He's not seen as much of the ball. Saw a bit of frustration creeping into his game. Chin was down, giving away a few cheap kind of free kicks. So I think just needs to nip that one in the board a little bit, Ten Hag. Not for me to preach to Ten Hag how to manage Manchester United. But there was a lot going on there today. Personnel, tactical change, a little bit too much for me. Almost like the players themselves, your, your head starts spinning. Hold on, Gaffer. Let's get back to basics here a little bit. Just feel as if United have to get back to that maybe over the next couple of games. And do you think that's down to the fact that his squad is quite thin when they get so many injuries? And because he has done a really good job, He's, he looks like a, a really good manager. And he's handled so many different situations really well, like the Ronaldo situation, for instance. But he is only just in the door. You think it's a case where he's going to need a couple of transfer windows to build a squad in his own, the way he wants the squad, and then he will have the options that he needs to make those in-game changes? He'd probably say that. I think it's yeah, a couple of transfer windows will help in terms of building up that kind of uh, squad uh, depth. But he's still got some good options, particularly high up the pitch. You know, Sancho... Uh, off the bench today he's got the options of, of, of Martial uh, Rashford of Weghorst high up the pitch Anthony off the flanks Garnacho no uh, he's been injured so he has a couple of options there just felt the balance was, wasn't right today thought it very loose United spoke about no Casemiro and before the game McTominay and Sabic are having to really discipline themselves Stephen in those central midfield there sit behind the ball for the first 20-25 minutes you know give that bit of defensive solidity that screen and that central midfield neither of them are great defenders for me so you know the defenders are pair in there 
but didn't see a lot of that both of them getting ahead of the ball looking to get into the penalty box Bruno was dropping into kind of midfield he was kind of anchoring that midfield at times and that's the last place you want to see Bruno Fernandes anchoring the centre of midfield so while a little bit loose and kind of frenetic today for Manchester United wouldn't overly overthink it maybe because by and large the performances have been very good but of late it hasn't been the case yeah Casemiro will help certainly coming back into that central area of the pitch with the qualities which he has but you're right they're not the finished article they're not capable for me at the moment of challenging uh, for a league t- uh, title I don't think too many Manchester United supporters think they are so yeah he needs a bit of time but those uh, uh, decisions which he makes in terms of recruitment have to be right it seems as if all the top clubs are chasing the same the same players really uh, this summer in key areas those central midfield areas Liverpool crying out for somebody in that area of the pitch. Chelsea still for me. Maybe even Arsenal. You know, Manchester United have got to be chasing those players as well for me in the summer. Whether it's the likes of Bellingham or Declan Royce or players of that ilk, they have to be they have to be uh, chasing those type of players or if there's other players of that ilk uh, out there. So, yeah, I think they will improve. Uh, disappointment today in terms of the performance, but still grounds for optimism going forward. And still Champions League is very much attainable for them this season but I just feel as if on a little bit of a downward t- uh, trajectory at the moment at a stage of the season where you really w- want to be heading up and you want to be moving in that direction you feel as if Newcastle are, that's exactly where Newcastle are heading at the moment Manchester United need to kind of steady things and find a little bit of form and a little bit of kind of cohesion to their play between now and end of the season it's going to be fascinating to watch and the League Cup in the bag and they're still in the running for the FA Cup and Europa League just to ask you finally Kenny we heard uh, just before kick off today that uh, Brendan Rodgers by mutual decision had left Leicester City uh, the job where he's been for a number of seasons now um, after leaving Celtic is there any is that interesting timing do you think Tottenham are without a manager Brendan Rodgers decides to leave Leicester is there any chance you think he could end up at uh, White Hart Lane or I think there's a chance yeah I think there's a chance I think Brendan Rodgers always felt as if he's capable of managing those so-called top four uh, six uh, clubs but I don't think his experience this year at Leicester has helped him in that respect I think Brendan for some time has been on a bit of an upward uh, kind of trajectory when he, when he left Celtic to go to Leicester those first couple of seasons again uh, uh, went went quite well two top five finishes wasn't it with a very talented squad money to spend invested that uh, money wisely felt actually if it was an opportunity lost those first two seasons Champions League football I thought was there not for the taking but a real opportunity presented itself they actually dropped off both of those seasons mm-hmm. but certainly this season has been absolute kind of car crash stuff he really looked very much out of sorts early in the season I'd go as far as to say look as if he didn't want to be at the football club I wouldn't go as far as to say ask him to be sacked but look very disillusioned and out of sorts wasn't enjoying himself at the football club Brendan Rodgers kind of pulled himself together kind of stuck at it and looked as if he turned things around the pre-World Cup got a good run of uh, results and people looked at him and thought well that's it now Leicester put some distance between themselves they're on that kind of upward uh, trajectory but yeah, no, it hasn't happened. You know, they've lost a bit of form. They've lost that rhythm. I saw them play against Arsenal, like I said, a few weeks ago, and they looked as if they were a team in trouble, lacking any type of confidence whatsoever, having won a game since then. So I understand it. I think if the owners are looking at it, you know, if they got their got their feelers out, they sense as if there's a bit of a disconnect between the managers and the players. The players have stopped listening, and the manager himself, you know, hasn't got the four in his belly to kind of lead them out of the position that they're in. It probably is the right decision, and. Yeah, I think you're right. Brendan Rodgers has got a hope that maybe in the summer he's got enough money in the bank in terms of what he's achieved previously at Leicester. 
uh, and before that to be maybe to be in the in contention for maybe one or two jobs at Tottenham won You've mentioned there, can't think of too many other offhand. Brendan Rodgers, the manager, I think potentially probably feels as if he could manage abroad. Might be a case if he might he might think, let's go maybe Italy, Spain. Might be somewhere over there he feels as if he could, you know, uh, manage and maybe not going to rebuild his career, but maybe, uh, you know, take himself away from the Premier League for, for, a, for a period of time, have some measure of success and maybe he's young enough to bounce back into a top job maybe in a year or two because at the moment you know I don't think those big jobs I don't think are up for grabs in the in the in the premiership the Tottenham one is the only one does he come into the consideration uh, the conversation I think he does is he in a position of strength that he was maybe 12 to 18 months ago no I don't think that he uh, that he is so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that develops